thing I want to talk about today is, uh, for Sunday school is it's a topic called Things We Like to Hear. Nobody really likes to receive bad news. A number of years ago, there was a family that used to go to our church back in New York. We came from New York 17 years ago now and received some of the worst possible news. This family used to be faithful but run into marital problems, which eventually ended up in a divorce in a complete breakup of the family. Four kids went their way of the world and for the most part pretty much ruined their own lives. Unfortunately, it resulted in a deep emotional problems for uh, those children. One of their boys was trying to get his life back on track and was coming back to church but suddenly snapped and he pointed a shotgun at his head and sent himself to glory in his mid-twenties. This is a family I knew. Linda and I knew. Bad news travels fast, and you can hear it all day long. Where good news is rarely reported, in the most cases gossiped, the, tr- the newspaper, radio, TV, Internet, magazines are all full of bickering, death, immoral views, amoral views, I should say. It's both immoral and amoral views and situations. Car accidents, weather disasters, scandals probably sell most of the papers. If you see anything, uh, something good or some good deed done, it is seldom or never reported. Never, uh, and never is the Bible involved in, in some way at all. Never you see scripture in it. It is unfortunate some people revel in bad news and gossip is usually most common. Uh, vehicle of broadcast. How is it that we, you don't hear gossip about good things? Like how many souls that someone witnessed to or someone else's good fortune in finding a new job and making a decision to follow Christ somehow or somewhere? It always seems to be about someone's indiscretions. Those indiscretions are always popping up. In reality, we're all somewhat guilty of this. Some people might say the family that had lost their young son to suicide might have brought this on themselves. And that was said. And I was one of them until I got thinking about that. Nobody wants that to happen. So some people might say the family had lost, uh, well, I got to read it here. Some people might say that the family that had lost their young son's suicide might have brought this on themselves by their own bitterness towards God or their own unrighteous spirit. I even thought that a little while. I But consider this. What if it was not because of their sin, but the result of sin itself? 
The sowing and reaping principle is found in Galatians 6, 7. It could apply here. Of course, no one made the young man kill himself. He may have done it always regardless of, uh, of all the help he might have been getting and could have got, uh, and could have got due to the emotional stress he endured for years in the experimentation of drugs in the past. Words can hurt and wagging, gossiping tongues can form these words that cause so much trouble. Turn to James chapter 3. James chapter 3. We're going to pretty much read the entire thing. James chapter 3 starts out, My brethren, be not many masters, knowing that we shall receive a greater condemnation. For in many things we offend all. If any man offend not in word, the same is a perfect man, and able also to bridle the whole body. Behold, we put bits in horses' mouths, that they may obey us, and we turn about their whole body. Behold also the ships, which though they be so great, are driven of fierce winds, yet they are turned about by a small helm, whithersoever the governor listeth. Even so the tongue of me, uh, is a small member, and boast of great things, behold, how great a matter a litter, a little fire kindleth. Verse six. In the, in the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. So is the tongue among our members and is defiled the whole body, setting on fire the course of nature. And it is set on fire of hell. For every kind of beasts and of birds and of serpents and of things of the sea is tamed and hath been tamed of mankind. But the tongue can no man tame. It is an unruly evil full of deadly poison. Therewith bless ye God, even the Father, and withal curse ye we men which we made after the similitude of God, out of the same mouth proceedeth blessings and cursings. My brethren, these things ought not to be so. Not so to be. Sorry. Doth a fountain send forth the same place sweet water and bitter? Can the fig tree, my brethren, bear olive berries? Either a vine figs? so can no fountain both yield salt water and fresh. Who is a wise man and endureth with knowledge among you? Let him show out of a good conversation his works with meekness of wisdom. But if we have bitter envy and strife in our hearts, glory not and lie not against the truth. This wisdom descendeth not from above, but is 
earthly, sensual, devilish. For where envy and strife is, there is confusion in every evil work. But the wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, and easy to be entreated, full of mercy and good works, or good fruits, I should say, without partiality and without hypocrisy. The fruit of righteousness is sown in peace of them that make peace. Well, our actions have reactions and ramifications for all of us. If our mind is constantly set on and to do evil, saved or lost, we will reap what is sown. If our mind is set on righteousness, we will reap righteous rewards both here and above. The better ones are set in store above. Sowing works of righteousness by good works in words is the harder task because we are all sinners by birth. Well, what are some of these words we hear? And there's a list of words, and, and it's, it's not exhaustive, but yet there's so much more that can be said. Start out with, I love you. Next one is, those of you who are in school, you pass. You're forgiven. Hi, Grandpa. Hi, Grandma. It's so great to hear that, especially if we're a young one you haven't seen in a while as a Grandma and Grandpa. And with all our kids, 12 grandchildren back east. Another one. Hi, Dad. That's when my older daughter, you know, and hi, Mom, you know, older daughters. We had three daughters. Here's another one. You win. Hope it's not the lottery or something like that, but it's a girl or it's a boy. Now I pronounce you man and wife. That goes back 52 years for us when that happened. That was good to hear. Welcome. Good job. Well done. Hey, guys. Nice shot. Somebody got a nice shot, got a deer, whatever it is. It's on sale. You get someplace and say, hey, look it. It's on sale. We got a good price on it. No charge. No charge. It's going to be all right. Linda, it's going to be all right. Whether here or wherever it is, it's going to be all right. For those of you that uh, have been through cancer scare and and things like this and and had it, uh, either way, it's going to be all right. You're handsome. You're beautiful. I had to make sure I looked at my wife when I said that. (laughs) The test came back negative. 
No one was injured. Hey, nice car. Tabor, nice truck. <laughs> nice tractor if you got it too. <laughs> nice house, nice outfit. Outfit, nice buck. Nice hair. You hear on the phone, we're home safe. Because our kids always lived a distance away, and then we moved farther away. <laughs> Here's another one. Day off. Here's the last one. You are on my mind, and I stop to call you and tell you I am praying for you. Proverbs 25.11 says, A word fitly spoken is like apples of gold in pitchers of silver. Proverbs chapter 12, verse 25. Turn there. Proverbs 12, 25. Heaviness in the heart of man maketh it stoop, but a good word maketh it glad. In Proverbs 15.23, a man hath joy by the answer of his mouth, and a word spoken in due season, how good is it? It's very good. There's other sources other than through an individual if you look, uh, if you're going to church, you hear things, and then it's usually out of the Word of God. Romans chapter 10, verse 17. So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. We hear good news. 10.25 of Hebrews. Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another so much more as we see the day approaching. Thankful for Sunday school and the good crowd here this morning. It's a blessing. And there's a lot of people that will be showing up a little later, and that's up to them. God's got to work on their heart too. But the thing is, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together. Just like when families get along, we are in a family here. We're in a family here. Here's other examples. Turn to Matthew 8, 8. Matthew 8, 8. The centurion answered and said, Lord, I am not worthy that thou shouldst come under my roof. But speak the word only, and my servant shall be healed. The words, the good words, that healing. We have a servant of God, several in this church, but specifically our pastor too, and as I'm referring to, as I already mentioned, Linda. Just 
He needs to get healed. It needs to be done. You know? And then I go, okay, am I praying enough? Am I praying enough? John chapter 4, verse 50 says, Jesus saith unto him, Go thy way, thy son liveth. And the man believed the word that Jesus had spoken unto him, and he went his way. Now, he didn't go to prove it and leave and say, Oh, he's healed. No, he believed before he left and found his son healed. It's important to understand. What is our responsibility? Turn to Mark chapter 4, verse 14. It's only like five words. Mark chapter 4, verse 14. This is kind of short here, so we're going to get through them. We can read some of these. Mark chapter 4, verse 14 says, The sower soweth the word. Our responsibility is sow the word. We're supposed to be out there. We're supposed to be husbandmen for the Lord, sowing that word out there to see souls like ourselves before somebody brought us the word that needed to be saved. Turn to 2 Corinthians 5.19. 2 Corinthians 5.19. To wit, that God was in Christ, reconciling the the world unto himself, not imputing their trespasses unto them, and hath committed unto us the word of reconciliation. We have a responsibility. It's commanded upon us. Any situation, whether at work, whether I'll go into the store. I was up north with the church for a while, and the pastor there would go into a store and go to the beer aisle, in when they had to open boxes and stuff with the beer bottle set and stuff like that, he'd stick tracks in them. So, you know, did somebody get the gospel if they opened up a, a pack of beer? So I don't know. I hope it worked. So it's committed on us to do the work because Christ already did the work for us. Colossians 3.17 and whatsoever ye do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God in the Father by him. That was Colossians 3.17. Turn to James 3.2. James 3.2. For in many things we offend all. We offend people if we just go up and give them the gospel or just hand them a tract. They're offended. Because they have to come to the realization they need something. They need salvation. We offend all. If any man offend not in word, the same is a perfect man. 
How many times have you start witnessing somebody and you messed it up because you probably said the wrong thing? I've done that. Said the wrong thing. Or just didn't word it correctly. So we're not perfect, but learn from those things and continue on. The same as a perfect man and able also to bridle the whole body. Remember we talked about that tongue? Encouragement. We need to encourage each other in this endeavor. You know, and be that, you know, we're living in these last days and we say, okay, Linda and I were saved the same day in 1970. And we hear this stuff, you know, God could come anytime. Christ could come anytime. That was 52 years ago. Was that 52? I think it was almost 53. Coming up on 53. But yet, we see it more now. We see Satan at work in so many things. And his biggest control and his biggest help is news, is news media and TikTok and all the other ones. Turn to Psalms 119.50. We need to encourage one another going through different things. Basically, this message is also just about words and speaking the right words at the right time. Psalm 119.50. This is my comfort in my affliction, for thy word hath quickened me. The word makes alive. And it, sometimes it just wakes up your brain to say, okay, I got to take care of something. Or, wow, look at this. Turn to 2 Thessalonians 2.13. 2 Thessalonians 2.13. Again, those words of encouragement. 2 Thessalonians 2.13, but we are bound to give thanks uh, all way to God for you, brethren, beloved of the Lord, because God hath from the beginning chosen you to salvation through sanctification of the Spirit and belief of the truth. So encourage yourselves in the Word of God. Let's go on to verse 14 of that same chapter. Whereunto he called you by our gospel, gospel being good news, telling of that good news, to the obtaining of the glory of the, of our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, brethren, stand fast and hold the traditions which ye have been taught, whether by word or our epistle. You know, people don't like to hear the word traditions. Because a lot of those traditions have brought nothing but good. Now, there are traditions that are bad. Yeah, but most of the things that are traditions that that help people uh, 
originated basically from the word of God. Verse 16. Now our Lord Jesus Christ himself and God, even our father, which hath loved us, hath given us everlasting consolation and good hope through grace. Verse 17. Comfort your hearts and establish you in every good work or good word and work. Establish you. That gets, when you establish, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna establish some good footing. So I'm gonna get here and I'm gonna keep my knees bent here. And it's more important as I get older that I gotta do this or I'll tip over. You know, so you establish yourself. If you're gonna get a good hunting stance, you're gonna establish yourself. If you're gonna be bracing yourself in the wind, you gotta establish yourself. There's a lot of things in establishing yourself, but it's also mental. Establish yourself. Well, in all this, there's also a warning. There's also a warning, and then, then after that, a promise. Turn to Second Timothy 2.15. You probably know this, but turn there anyways. Second Timothy 2.15. This warning comes out. And I say it's a warning because it's needful to be understanding of what this means. Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth, but shun profane and vain babblings, for they will increase unto more ungodliness, and their word will eat as doth a canker. Now you look up canker, it was basically going back to the 1828, it's shown up as like a cancer, a canker. It's an infection. Of whom Hamenius and Philetus, who concerning the truth have erred, saying the resurrection is past already, and overthrow the faith of some. Nevertheless, the foundation of God standeth sure, Having this seal, the Lord knoweth them that are his. And let every one that nameth the name of Christ depart from iniquity. He knows us by name. He knows us by name. I often wonder what that name is. Because I'm not sure. It could be Mike but it could be the name that's given to us when we're in heaven. Now, there's a promise involved. Turn to Hebrews chapter 13, verse 5. 13, verse 5. Let your conversation be without covetousness, and be content with such things as ye have. For he hath said, I will never leave thee, nor forsake thee. Never leave thee, nor forsake thee. Turn to Revelation 22, 20. 
Revelation 22, 20. He which testifieth these things saith, Surely I come quickly. Amen. Even so, come, Lord Jesus. Are we seeing that every day? That should be an encouragement to myself as much as you to say, Lord, how about today? This would be a good day. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Amen. There's that promise. He's given us grace. And it's with us always. Finally, turn to Matthew chapter 25. If you turn into uh, 25, uh, it, it more or less starts at verse 14. And, and talking about the kingdom of heaven is, uh, as a man traveling into a far country, and he's called his own servants and delivered unto them good his goods. What does he do in here? So I'm going I'm to just get through this so we can get make the point that I'm looking at. He gives his first servant what? Five what? Talents. He gives the second service servant two. He gives the last servant one. We'll pick it up in verse 21. And his Lord said unto him, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things, I will make thee ruler over many things, enter thou into the joy of the Lord. So that man, that servant, took those five and made more for his master. Made more. And continuing on, he also had received two talents, came and said unto the Lord, deliverest thou on unto me two talents behold i gain thee two other talents beside them and his lord said unto him well done good and faithful servant thou hast been faithful over uh, a few things i will make thee ruler over many things enter thou into the joy of the, war, uh, the lord then we come down to 24 and he that received the one talent came and said lord i knew thee that thou art a hard man reaping where thou hast not sown, gathering where thou hast not strawed. And I was afraid, and I hid my talent in the earth. Lo, thou hast that design. He gave him that one talent back. But what did he do? He hid his talent. Well, the talent could be many things. The talent in this particular case, and it was an allergy, an analogy, analogy, that uh, it was money, but God has given us all kinds of talents too. The talent he give a, gives us can communicate with a certain group of people better than another group of people. And in that group of people, because they know who you are and what you are and what you've done, they'll listen more closely. But if you're hiding that and you hide and say, okay, I'm not going to tell anybody I'm a Christian. 
I'm just going to hide in here. You know, maybe I can skate through this whole thing without having to reveal my sin to start with and the fact that I am a Christian. And I am just there to make a paycheck. Or I'm just there to get through this situation. I'm in there so that I got to buy something and get out of there or what it is. You might be a regular visit at a store, you know, and stuff like this. And, you know, those are, those are the opportunities you use to get out there and spread that talent that God give you. That, that is that request from God to tell your story, tell about Jesus Christ and what he did for that particular person, wherever you are. And there's all kinds of ways to open up that conversation. And you know what that last thing is done? And when we get to heaven, he's going to say, well done, that good and faithful servant. That'll be, as a Christian, the best thing to hear that you would ever hear when that day finally comes. Well done. So we need to be well doing in every opportunity that we find ourselves in, whenever we can. So that's what we're looking at here. Let's bow for a word of prayer. Lord, thank you for saving us, Lord. Thank you for giving your life on that cross, not just life as far as breath and blood, but that blood was shed and that that life within us was exhausted out of our lungs and continued on into hell to pay for the price for us. And you rose victorious over death and hell and was resurrected to make it possible that man could be saved and go to heaven. Thank you for all that you've done for us, Lord. Thank you for this church, Lord. Bless, direct, and be with the uh, speaker coming up. And be with our people, Lord, as they come in later. In Jesus' name, amen.